It's my pleasure to have you with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in a little while, in today's Clark Rageous Moment, oh, criminals are clever. There's a new way that they are ripping you off. I got to make sure you are aware of. There's two stories in this Clark Rage in one. And then later, there's a pivot and buying cars right now, trucks, SUVs, whatever, that's something that you may not be tuned into that I got to make sure you know. I'll fill you in. We just finished our 28th annual campaign for children in foster care. And foster children, the number around the country, has skyrocketed because of the opiate addictions that have cost so many lives at early ages in the United States and have hit so hard the age range of people who have young children. And these children, whether the parents end up in jail, end up deceased, whatever, these kids are ending up in foster care in larger and larger numbers. And the system has not been able to ramp up for the huge increased demand for foster parents, foster group homes, and care for children, especially with because the situation got so dire, a lot of kids, instead of spending uh, what for them is an eternity, but relatively uh, short to moderate times in foster care, Many kids now are spending year after year after year in foster care in many different foster homes and many different foster group homes. And then kids are cast out typically when they hit 18 or 19. And I think about, was I prepared to be completely on my own at 18? No way. My oldest daughter will tell you she was not ready to be completely on her own at 18. My middle child, daughter who's in college, was not prepared to be on her own. And I want you to know that if you are in a position to help more with your time and expertise than anything, where you live in the country, wherever that is, there's so much need for you if you can step forward and help foster children at any age and especially help foster children as they do what's called aging out. There are now, fortunately, you can search for this where you live, there are now a number of programs that have recognized this need, but they need more volunteers and they need more resources to help these children as they age out into young adulthood so they continue to have a supportive adult influence in their lives. Unfortunately, when you look at what's going on today, a lot of the kids when they age out, the girls often end up in prostitution and the boys often end up in criminal activity. And that's, they're at a point in their lives where 
our involvement can make so much difference. I wish I had one organization I could point you to and just be able to give you an easy step, but I can't because these efforts are haphazard and they tend to be more localized. But as we approach Christmas, think about kids who, no fault of their own, are not with their families this Christmas. And everything we can do to help each other, isn't that the greatest Christmas gift there is? Karen's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Karen. Hi, Clark. If it's me, it's Karen. Karen. I'm sorry, Karen. No, it's a common situation. Thank you. I'm really excited to talk with you because I've followed you for a long time, but not before we had locked into our alarm monitoring system when you said, you shouldn't be paying more than XYZ, and I can't remember, so I need to be re-educated on how we should be looking for a monitoring system because we've been locked in, and on the 19th of this month, we're done with that three-year or four-year contract. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, yeah. All right. So let me see if I can cause a little bit of need for antacid in you. Many times <laughs> in those burglar alarm contracts, there is a notice provision you have to give in writing by a date certain to not have the alarm do what's called rollover where you're then stuck with them for another so many months or years. That's a good thing to know before and not after. (laughs) Right. So you've got to get that. Any chance you have that contract, a copy of it from all those years ago? I do, of course, yes. I mean, I'm the kind of person who keeps all of that stuff. I was going to say, nobody could put their hands on that. If you can, go through and see what the provision is requiring notification. How much are you paying a month for monitoring right now? Oh, my goodness, $45. What? What? Yeah, hang on on to your socks. That was your money blowing to smithereens for all these years, like 300 surplus dollars a year. Oh, tell me about it. I, Like I said, I heard your program after we had locked into that. Okay, so the way it works is you move forward. You can even now just go to Google, put in where you live, and say burglar alarm monitoring or security system monitoring, and you'll see a huge number of offers that will be somewhere in the teens per month. Oh, okay, fine. Well, I found something called Simply Safe, which was the one item I wanted to ask if you had any knowledge about. Oh, yeah, I know a lot about Simply Safe. That would be starting all over from scratch, though. Are you leasing the system you have, or do you own the system? And you were no, we we trust me, we own it. We paid for it. We yeah. So Mm -hmm. if you own it. Simply safe is unnecessary for you. That would be for somebody starting from scratch. That's a nice thing to know. What we were going to upgrade was to a system where the battery life is five years. Sometimes up here on the hill when we have outages, the battery life doesn't last, and then we get irritated with alarm warnings once we do get power back on. So the deal with the alarm companies, when you're willing to switch your monitoring to them, They'll throw in things just to get your monitoring business. Okay. And 
without a contract either because the real lucrative thing is the monitoring tends to cost an alarm company a dollar or two a month to provide. Mm. Once they have you hooked up, it's just pure profit for them. 15 to 20 is the sweet spot of where you should be looking and you really won't have a hard time finding that. Just make sure that the monitoring station is UL approved. Matt's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hey, Clark. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Certainly. You have a question for me about your retirement plan. Tell me, are you in a 401k or what kind do you have? I am a 401k and I've been in it for a while now. Now, something I've been taking into consideration is, is my company no longer matches or hasn't matched funds. So my question is, is it worth to try to keep it into a high risk in my 401k or move it over to an IRA and then start going investing that way? Well, you can only do future contributions in an IRA because your employer plan, you can only take your money out and move it into an IRA when you leave that employer. Okay. So that money stays there. Let's talk risk. How old are you? 40 now. I'm 40 years old, and hopefully I want to retire sometime around that that retirement age of 71, 72. Okay. So we're looking multiple decades. So in your terms of risk, you would be at a point in your life and career where you want to take more risk, but the more risk still requires that you be diversified. So when you say you're in high risk, what does that mean exactly? What kind of stuff is your money in? They have a couple different options uh, through the 401k plan that we're through. I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and actually look at what accounts they've dropped them into. Most of them are overseas from what I can tell. Overseas investing is something that I'm a big fan of, but only for part of what you're doing. Like even for someone who's got 30 years you're expecting to, you're going to spend money, you should still be somewhat conventional where your core of your investing is in the broad U.S. stock market. And it could be, you probably have something in your plan called a 500 stock fund Mm -hmm. or a total stock market fund. And that should be the first place where a big chunk of your money goes. But We are only 4% of the world's population here, and capitalism is growing around the world, and because a lot of places are not as developed as we are, there's going to be greater economic growth opportunity in places like you're looking at investing already than they'll be here. So it's a mixed message I'm giving you. You want to have the stability of having the core of what you do in U.S., But yes, do international investing. And if you have a third world fund choice in your plan, what's usually referred to as emerging market, then that should be part of what you do too. And even at your age, you don't want to be 100% in stocks. Now, should I continue with the 401k or should I start looking at uh, deferring over uh, and the future funds moving it to an IRA? Well, if you wanted to keep it really simple, your 401k is one that you're putting in pre-tax dollars. You've been doing that for years, I gather. Yes, yes. It would be to your advantage if you have the discipline to do so, to put, since there is no employer match in the 401k, to open a Roth IRA and start to develop a pool of money that's after-tax money to go with the 
before-tax money you've already put away in this 401k. And if you were to do a Roth, you're going to have to pay tax on the money first. It comes out of your net check. You put the money in the Roth, but then it grows tax-free and is spent tax-free 30-plus years down the road, where every last penny in that employer 401k will be taxed 30 years down the road. Yeah, that's what I was trying to debate, whether it'd be worth it to take the tax taxes out now or wait 30, 30 years down the road. The mix, the mix is what I'm looking for, because it gives gotcha. you much more flexibility based on whatever rules are at that point for taxes, for whatever Social Security there is 30 plus years from now. Exactly. And so it gives you much more ability to say, okay, this year I'm better off taking from something that hasn't been taxed. Or this year, I'm better off taking from my Roth pile of money. And if you're looking for the easiest way to put money in a Roth, I think it's to go in a target retirement fund. In your case, it would be a 2045, 2050 fund and just slap all the money you put into a Roth into that. And then they handle the diversification over the years for you. The great news is that you're such a determined saver for your future, that's what's going to be your ticket to long-term financial security. Today's Clark Rageous moment is a crazy one. Something that you might not normally think about. Spams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous moment. If you, in a business or activity you have, have registered a website, How do you remember when you're going to renew it? And what happens if you don't renew it? Well, what's so Clark Rageous about this is there are con artists waiting to pounce on web addresses of even not super well-known organizations and businesses so that they can then set up shop impersonating the business that you have and steal money from people who may be your traditional loyal customers. Weird, right? And you got a lot you have to go through to get that domain back. So what I want you to know, and I want you to know this as a customer as well of a business, if a website suddenly looks really different than what you remember it, it's possible it's a new updated site, but usually when people do this when they cyber squat and take over a site where someone's forgotten renewal, well, they will put up a very, very basic no-frills website impersonating the one that was there, and that is often a tip-off to you that before you buy, you need to make sure you're dealing with the right people. For you as a business owner, having a website on auto-renew for the domain name is not good enough, let's say your credit card number expires or your credit card number was compromised and you're issued a new card number, your renewal isn't going to go through and your web address becomes vulnerable. You know, I uh, pay for domain registration for Clark.com in 10-year cycles so that I only have to worry about it every so often. Next time I have to worry about it is pretty late next decade. And it's a date that's known to us. 
We're not going to let somebody come and steal it and cyber squat. Think about that with your business and think about the implications if you're a customer, if you go somewhere and you don't realize, well, it's not who you were doing business with before and they could be foe, not friend. The good news, though, is if you pay for something with a credit card and you don't get it, you have rights. On the other hand, you pay with a debit card and you don't get it, you got no rights. And that's not right at all, but that's how it works. Interest rates stepping up, causing a lot of things to change that you and I do with your wallet. I've got an example for you straight ahead, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. So as interest rates move up, it distorts things that have worked a particular way for a number of years. Actually, I have it backwards in this case. The Federal Reserve, for about an eight-year period, artificially held down interest rates. And a lot of people got addicted to those very low interest rates, including car manufacturers, who in order to sell vehicles that people were paying more and more for, the automakers were using leases as a way to get people into vehicles that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise and to move new product out onto the road. So now that interest rates have been steadily moving up and also at the same time auto sales have softened, automakers that were moving about a third of their new vehicles and leases in recent years, now not so much. And the automakers are doing that for their own benefit, but there's a clear benefit for you too because there are still lots of banks that will participate in leases, a lot of dealerships that will still encourage you to lease. But the reality is, particularly in today's market circumstances, leasing is really a disaster for your wallet. And I discourage you from leasing a vehicle. One other thing with leasing, even in the best of times, there's only two circumstances where leasing makes sense. One is there are people who like new wheels all the time. You like to get a new vehicle every two years? Lease a vehicle. Because it's not, I mean, it's not the greatest idea to get new wheels all the time anyway. But if you, that's who you are and that's what you're going to do, leasing's fine. The other circumstance principally applies to luxury brands. And that is, if a luxury manufacturer is having trouble moving a particular model, they don't like to discount it on a purchase, but they can hide discounts in a lease. And you know there's a manufacturer's subsidized lease, typically for 36 months, if it's being very heavily advertised. And right now, through the Christmas season, you'll see a lot of these luxury brands pushing their leases that they're doing on vehicles that are not selling that great right now. And those subsidized leases can be a good deal. Other than that, never go into a dealership with the intent of leasing simply because somehow you think it makes it more affordable. Let me tell you, it's not. Because what do you have at the end of that lease? 
you've paid an obligation and then you have no wheels and you got to do a new obligation often at a higher price it's best to buy a vehicle that you can own for a long 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 time adam is with us on the clark howard show hello adam hey how are you i'm doing great thank you adam what's going on with you how can i serve you i had a quick question for you i'm 32 years old and have changed jobs and got about thirty thousand dollars left in a 401k from my old employer okay wait 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 good job great job actually that by age 32 you'd already save thirty thousand in a 401k that's something that you should really pat yourself on the back for perfect thank you and I've, I've currently changed jobs my question is is should i take this money and roll it into the 401k program that my current employer has or roll that into a roth fund since my age is relatively young so if you roll it into a Roth from your old employer's 401k, you'll have to pay income tax on the 30000 Okay. You can roll it into an IRA and pay no tax and keep its status basically as it's been. But there's a third option you didn't mention, and that is you have the right under the law to leave it in your old employer's 401k. Okay. Sometimes that's a great option. So let me tell you how you decide. Every 90 days, the statement you get from a current or former employer for a 401k has to now disclose to you the total costs you're paying for having your 401k with them. So a great 401k will have total costs that are under half a percent. That's for the investments you have in it and for the administrative costs for the 401k. Was your old employer a really large company, a midsize, or a small one? No, very large. So if they were very large, the odds are they have a very low-cost 401k plan. Do you have okay. Do you have access, after we talk here, Adam, to look at one of your old statements? Um, absolutely. So look at one, see what the all-in costs are. If they are below half a percent, then unless your new employer is another giant employer and has a very low-cost plan, I would just leave the money behind. On the other hand, if your new employer, you get your first statement from them and they turn out to have a low-cost 401k, then it's to your advantage not to have accounts hanging out all over the place because over a career, you could end up with, who knows, five, seven, ten different 401ks. You'd want to move the money from them to the new employer. Okay. And the right. whoever administers the plan, it's not the same administrator, is it, by any chance? The same two companies? No, it's not. Okay. So the new company, if it turns out to be a low-cost one, They'll have paperwork that you'll sign. They'll want a copy of one of your quarterly statements, and then they will handle moving the money from the old plan to your new employer plan. Okay. If it turns out that your old employer plan is low cost, I wouldn't suggest moving the money to your own IRA. I would either leave it where it is, or if the new employer has low cost, move it to it. Okay, perfect. I, I did like the operating system on their website a lot better than the new one, so if it's lower, I'm going to leave it there. 
perfect. That's a good idea. And again, congratulations to you for the discipline you've shown and the money you've saved, Adam, already. As you keep building up those reserves and retirement accounts, you are creating control of your own future. Lori is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Lori. Hey, hi, Clark. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Well, great to have you here. You have a daughter who's going to go to grad school. What's she going to study? Yeah, she is going to study production design down there in your neck of the woods, I think. Production design. So that would be robotics? Well, it, it would be like a play or a TV show or a movie. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I, I was thinking yeah. manufacturing. You're talking, <laughs> you're talking about sets, set design and things like that. Right. Okay, right, exactly. sorry. I, you know, I have, I have no art side to me at all, so that never even occurred to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, so she's starting grad school, and she's going to be on her own for the first time financially. We are going to assist her in uh, the amount of a gift uh, every year of 15000 but she's essentially going to be managing her own finances for the first time. And she's going to be in another state and on her own. So my questions were about how to feed her that money and then about maybe a first credit card for her to build some credit on, if you'd recommend that. So what I would do is I would set up where she's an authorized user on one of your credit cards. Okay, we currently do that. I didn't know if that would build her credit just being on one of ours. The way to find out would be for her to check to see if she shows a credit record and a credit score. And if she were to go to Mm creditkarma.com and register with them, or another one would be Credit Sesame, but Credit Karma, I really like the way they do it. And she would be able to see for two of the three credit bureaus, do they show a record of her and are they reporting on her report that authorized user status? Do they show a score? Because with Credit Karma, she'll know um, if she has... A facsimile of a credit score immediately and if okay. she does and the score is above 660 she should be able to apply for her first card okay on her own okay yeah. and okay. if she if she doesn't then where she's either living now or where she's moving to she should join a credit union Okay. And see if they'll issue her a card under one of the Fresh Start programs. Is generally okay. they're not officially called that, but that's what they're called in the industry. Okay. Okay. And as yes, far as making have... money available to her, uh, that's pretty easy. If you have an account at a bank or credit union, and she opens one at that same bank or credit union you can very easily transfer that money to her. Or otherwise, you can just send her a check. Okay. It's not going to be hard. You know, (laughs) she's going to figure out how to make it work if you're giving her 15 grand towards her grad school life. So Very good. And don't be so nervous about her being on her own. (laughs) She'll be fine. She'll, She'll have a great time. And I'll remember in the future that production design does not mean something in a factory. 
Quinn is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Quinn. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Quinn. How can I serve you? Well, I heard your story the other day about how you saved a lot of money booking with Spirit Airlines. And Spirit's one of the few airlines I found to have a little quirk that if you book the ticket at the airport, you actually save even more money. Isn't that the oddest thing ever? Is that it saves an airline money if you buy a ticket online. It's far cheaper for them. But Spirit does this craziness where if you will actually inconvenience yourself and go to the airport, you get a better deal. How much is it? How much lower do you get that would make it worth it to go to the airport to buy a ticket? Well, for me, I'm looking at two tickets for my wife and I around trip. And by going to the airport, it's going to save me $76. $76? Yeah, so they do. It's like $18.99 per ticket per each way that you save. And what they call it online is a passenger usage fee. So when you go to the checkout page and go to the more info, it'll show what this thing called the passenger usage fee. And if you look at that, that's what the money you're going to save if you go book at the airport. And so you, how far did you have to drive to go to the airport to buy your, you and your wife's tickets? Oh, for me, I work right by the airport, so it's like a five-minute drive. So it's definitely worth it for me. But I probably would still drive from my house, which is a good 20-minute good drive. And tell me, what was your total ticket price and where are you going from and to? I'm going from Orlando to Newark, and I ended up paying $70 per ticket per round trip. $70 round trip Orlando, Florida to Newark, New Jersey that's correct, yep so that's really crazy because that's so phenomenally dirt cheap how much are you going to have in baggage charges that go with that $70 round trip well I'm going to have zero because I play the system I have a special bag that fits for spirit so I take a couple of those and my wife are fine for like a 4 or 5 day trip Oh, you are a man after my own heart. That is a wonderful thing. When I took my family on Spirit, they were not happy with me at all about, I have these miniaturized carry-ons, probably like yours, that you can use on Spirit Frontier or Allegiant, and they'll go into the seat in front of you so there's no baggage charge. And my wife and my teenage daughter were like, you expect us to get Five days worth of stuff in this little bag? My wife is the same way. She gets mad at it, but, you know, at the end it saves a lot of money, so I think in the end it's better to have that spending money when they're at, at New York. <laughs> well, see, I relented, and I paid for one checked bag for $40, and then they were happy. Eh, I think I'll save the $40 myself. <laughs> you don't know the most important rule of marriage, do you? Compromise. I know. No, that's not the most important rule of marriage. Happy wife, happy life. That's the most important rule. Eh, she's happy when she gets there. All right. <laughs> we'll have a great time in New York. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget. 
giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Producer Joel asks it for you. Clark microed and he says, I love your show. I often worry, though, about someone hacking into my savings account that I have with my bank. It makes me want to put my money in a security lockbox at that bank or just put it under my mattress. Do you have any advice for me? So my advice about the possibility of hacking is that you get paper statements that you not set up where you get your statements electronically. If the only way you can have a savings account at your bank is that you make a digital copy of your online statements, your money is insured, your money is safe in the bank. Even if a hacker got to it, your money would be restored because you'd be able to prove that you had the money. Banks now, in the aftermath of the September 11th terrorist attacks last decade, banks use multiple data centers for the possibility of war, and those multiple data centers also are of service to them in the event of a major hack. All right, Thomas wrote and he says, Clark, would you recommend CarMax for buying a used car? CarMax is a great place to buy a used car because they take the hassle factor out of it. The, there's no negotiation. The price is the price. You have the right to return a car for a full refund for a certain number of days. It's five, seven, something like that. And CarMax has taken the pain points of buying a used car and eliminated them. Traditional car dealers, though, are very sore about CarMax and say that an equivalent car costs more at CarMax than it would cost from them. That's up to you in the marketplace to decide if that's true or not. Clark Yvonne wrote in and said, I've inherited a condo with my sister. She has offered to buy my part out. How is the best way to determine a fair market value? I didn't know if we should get an appraisal or hire a real estate agent to determine the price. Well, first of all, I'm sorry about your loss because when you inherit, it means you lost someone you cared about, you care about. As far as what you do, it's whatever the two of you mutually agree And you can do either. Most often what is the most accepted practice is that you hire an appraiser and that would be something that would tend to stand up to scrutiny. As long as both of you agree to do that and you jointly agree on who will be that person, you'd be good. You could do a real estate agent, but they are not considered to have the same level of expertise as that appraiser would have. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.